Oh, hey, what's up? How's it going? This is Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 70. Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. All right. Well, thank you for joining episode 70. Excited to have you here. I can't believe we're at episode 70. I feel like just a couple months ago, Shani and I were sitting down um, recording our episode 30. But uh, look, here we are, man. Pushing out that content, giving you nice interviews. And I'm telling you what, today is no exception. Today is a mind-blowing interview. I get the chance to chat with a guy named JD who runs a YouTube channel called Jam and JD. If you're in the hobby, you've been in the hobby for a while, you probably already know about this channel. There's nearly 10,000 subscribers on this channel. And uh, Jam and JD's been around the hobby for a while. In fact, he was a breaker years ago and he burnt out and uh, he, he just, it just wore him down. And he was doing that early on in the breaking cycle and, and, uh, and he just, he stepped back and he realized, you know what, I'm going to kind of stay and dabble in the hobby. And uh, he did. He ran some some Beckett stuff, but uh, but he reevaluated a few years ago and said, you know, what can I do to bring value to the hobby using my skill set? And uh, he started just rolling out videos on his channel, and they just progressively got better and they progressively got more engaging. And before long, he had one of the premier channels in the hobby when it comes to to pack wars and to uh, product overviews. And he just does an exceptional job. Him and his wife are super down to earth. And they just have this way of explaining products and kind of kind of drawing you in in a way that uh, you don't see very often in the hobby. And the production quality is great. Um, so here's the deal. The idea today is, is obviously to, to hear JD's story. And I want you to get a really good understanding of that like we do with any of our interviews. But I really wanted to hone in on some of his YouTube skills and some of the things that he's learned. Because look, YouTube, YouTube is where a lot of it's happening. And, and I think... A lot of the folks in the hobby, whether it's a group breaker or it's a it's a distributor or if it's just some of you guys who are just putting out your own content, there's lots of things you just need to know about YouTube that you've had you have to learn the hard way. And Jim and JD has learned the hard way, and he's learned the ins and outs. And man, he breaks down a lot of stuff. Now I'm gonna go ahead and say one thing real quick. He talks about this app, this Chrome extension called TubeBuddy. You're gonna hear it mentioned like five times. And uh, I did my own research after the interview. And uh, here's the deal. Go to www.tubebuddy.com forward slash breaker culture. And you can download the extension for free. And you can get a couple bonuses with it. I reached out to them and I signed up to, to see if I could help out listeners and, and come up with something. So I also put that link in the show notes. But it's one of those little nuances, little secrets that he's going to mention during the interview. And uh, I just, I'm just i saving you the time and the links in the, in the show notes. And you can download that extension, add it to your browser, and uh, get some of those sweet analytics for YouTube videos. But man, I'm telling you, get your pen and paper ready. Listen to this this uh, conversation with an open mind and learn how you can optimize the way you approach YouTube videos and the way you approach putting out video content for everything that you do. And uh, you get some pretty sweet hobby stuff in there too, I promise. Cool? All right. Catch you on the backside. Leave us reviews. Breakaculture.com. Appreciate all you guys do. See ya.
Jam and JD, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Ty? How are you? Super excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me, man. Ooh, first guy that's been super excited. Hey, dude. Hey, I haven't been on a podcast before. What? So, yeah, no, I haven't. We'll get into this later, oh, I'm boy. sure, but I I haven't been a collaborator for the years that I've been on YouTube. Haven't been doing a lot of collaborating, so. Okay, is there, is there a reason for that? that around. Yeah, uh, really, actually, it's because I'm normally not very consistent with uh, my YouTube videos. Okay. Um, and I, I think we'll touch on that later as to uh, why that's detrimental to YouTube. But, hmm. you know, it's, uh, yeah, I always take about three months off right after football season. And because of that, I just kind of skipped collaborating because I didn't want my absence to be detrimental to anybody I was collaborating with. So got it. We just kind of shied away, but now we're being pretty consistent. We have plans to be consistent, so it's time to get the collaborations rolling. Beautiful. Hey, I, I've always respected what you've done, but I just caught your top shelf stuff that just came out today. I think was it today or yesterday? Yeah, I think I posted that about an hour ago. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I caught it when I was walking around the house and I saw it and I thought, mm -hmm. oh, that's a. That seems like a great collaboration. Big fan of Chris Dude, C over there, Top Shelf. CK, CK is just, he's awesome. Like, <laughs> you talk about an entertaining dude. My goal, and I don't know if he'll do it, my goal is to have him on the channel doing a break with me. I think that would be totally awesome, just because he's so entertaining. Oh, he is. Have, yeah. you, have you met him in person? No, I have not. Okay. But, you know, watching <laughs> his breaks and emailing him and talking to him and things like that. You know, it's uh, you, you can watch his breaks for like an hour and a half, not even be in the break and have a good time for sure there there are very few people in the hobby where i feel like their their product has nothing to do with how entertaining they are he is definitely yeah, one no, of them it, it is it is 100 ck so yeah love he, it he's a good dude love him forget that guy though let's talk about you yeah yeah enough Jeez. about break. get out of here chris uh, yeah we're, we're here about jam and jd right that, that's right so let, let's start by having you just give us a lay of the land of what jam and jd is uh, for those that don't know anything about Jam and JD, kind of give us the background. The background of Jam and JD, or the background of yeah. uh, the guy that runs Jam and JD. Which one you want there? Let's uh, let's. I tell you what. Which one do you want to talk about? What gets you most hey, excited? Either, either ones. We we can touch on both. We can go with my card background personally. Ooh, okay, let's do that. Let's do uh, let's hear your yeah, card background right. first. So, so I started with uh, my first pack of cards was a pack of Flintstones. How about that? Right. <laughs> Hey, man, I, w I was a toddler, so, you know, but my <laughs> uncles collected basketball cards and I wanted to collect cards. And obviously I was way too small to actually get cards. Uh, so I believe my mom bought me a pack of Flintstones. And obviously that was that doesn't work for me. I needed basketball cards. So started collecting basketball cards when I was a little tiny one. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, my my love of sport is really football. So I finally got into football. Mom bought me my first pack. I think I pulled, let's see, it was select certified 1996 uh, Kerry Collins Mirror Gold. Ooh. I don't know if you remember that set. I don't know if you remember how awesome Kerry Collins was when he was a rookie. But oh, so that, was, that was like a major pull. And I've collected football since then mostly. Uh, but I think like everyone else, when you hit high school, you pretty much quit collecting for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so quit during high school, kind of came back and dabbled a little bit in, uh, 2009 ish. And then, uh, really got back into the hobby at like 2011. So that would be my personal story for cards. Okay. 
Jam and JD then rolls in at 2012, right? 2012, yeah. That's when I started YouTube. So I started with just, I guess, retail blaster boxes because at the time, uh, YouTube was not big with sports cards at all. Yeah, that's you know, true. Had, especially with group box breakers when they were in it. They were doing like Ustream at the time, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't remember the other websites, but they had specific websites just for breakers uh, in 2012. And the only guys that were on YouTube that I knew of were like Cards Infinity. Mm -hmm. uh, he was doing stuff, and Ultimate Box Breaks would post like recaps over there. Uh, but there was nobody breaking retail blaster boxes, and that was kind of my thing. Like, I'm going to show people – you know, what retail's like, because I wanted to know. I was going in Target and Walmart. I was like, dude, I wonder what this product is like. I wonder what you can get in this box. So that's why I started doing it in 2012, but it didn't last very long. Um, in 2013, I actually became a group box breaker and hmm. uh, did that until 2015. So a couple of years of it, three mm -hmm. times a week. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wore out, man. <laughs> Mad respect for all group box breakers. I really do. It's Love so it. much work. People do not give them enough credit for the amount of work that goes into it, especially if you're a one-man show. Mm -hmm. You know, with the breaking the product three, four, five times a week, uh, sorting, shipping, setting up your next products, invoicing, doing taxes. Oh, it's just running man, a business. Period. Oh man. Yeah, and then you have your family, and most of us have jobs outside of that, you know, wife, whatever you got. It's just way too much. So yep. I did two years of that, and then I retired. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What What was the hardest thing about group breaking to you? What time. was kind of, time? Time was absolutely it because you have to have a gigantic social media presence. Mm. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things about group box breaking. You can't just put a product up and be like, "All right, everyone's going to come and buy it." Right. Uh, you have to have a big social presence. And at the time for me, uh, that was Twitter. Mm -hmm. Twitter was, was pretty much where I got all my customers. So keeping in contact with all of them and reminding them we have breaks and making them feel like we have a personal relationship and, you know, I am your breaker, dude, come hmm. buy my breaks, you yeah. know? Uh, so yeah, it was just time. It, I, I, you were eating, sleeping, drinking box breaks. So Mm. having nightmares about box breaks <laughs> no thank you <laughs> yeah so two right. years of that and cut out of it just no more box breaks for me and after that i actually took like a year and a half off from all videos didn't do youtube didn't do anything and uh 2017 is when i got back into youtube and have been pretty much in youtube since then interesting so you retired in 15 you probably had yeah. this elaborate retirement video. I'm going to have to dig that up. Oh, man. I didn't have a retirement video. I had a gigantic retirement break. <laughs> and the amount of disappointed people, they were so irritated that I was leaving. To this day, when I go on Twitter and have conversations with people, I'll get people commenting like, dude, when are you coming back? It's not happening, man. I, I'm not coming back to box breaks. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, okay, so you had a year and a half hiatus. What mm -hmm. what was happening during that year and a half that kind of just built up to this this idea that you know what I got to get back into the hobby? I mean, wh why get back into the hobby? Well, it? I didn't actually leave the hobby. Okay, so you, you kind of stayed in the I hobby. Left okay, videos. Got it. Got I it. Just left online content. 
Okay. Yeah, because I'm actually a, a Beckett Marketplace dealer. So oh, I beautiful. sell a lot of cards on Beckett. Okay. Um, so I didn't leave any of that. I was still breaking product. I was still doing the whole thing, listing cards, selling cards, still in the hobby. Very cool. I just was not doing videos. Yeah, okay. videos was done for me. <laughs> cool. Needed a break. Okay. So 2017 then, what, what was kind of the, the impetus for you wanting to start doing more video content? Do you just see the opportunity? No, you know, I actually started to miss it. That was that was the big one right there. I was looking at my YouTube channel and uh, yeah, just started missing kind of making videos and I thought maybe if I approached this a little bit differently, uh, not so much obviously getting out of the group box breaks and then starting to bring in what I break for you know my Beckett marketplace mm -hmm. instead of just doing like retail blaster boxes. So doing the hobby boxes and things like that as well. Um, just sounded like it was fun and time to do it and a good way to advertise that I am selling cards and things like that. And hmm. yeah, that's, uh, that's why I came back. Very cool. Okay. So your original mission was obviously group break oriented. You and original you mission was retail blaster boxes. That was the original mission. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It kind I of had no interest in being a box breaker when I first started. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Well, I mean, I guess in 2012, it just wasn't that big. No, it, just, it really just wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was very few. Huh. Interesting. So when you, in 2017, when you started to really get back into it and you, you figured out some things that you wanted to do differently, what was kind of your overall mission then when you started putting out videos? Was it all about just marketing content, just kicking back, having a good time? What was no, you know, I, I think I think my main purpose, because it failed for me as a fun hobby when I was being too business oriented, I wanted to come back and just have a little more more fun mm. and focus on the hobby portion of it. So my goal and my goal still for the YouTube channel is just mm -hmm. to share with the hobby, you know, show people what the products look like. Uh, you know, um, I think one thing that is underestimated about YouTube is it is really bringing in a younger crowd hmm. into the hobby. So kids love YouTube. Like that is, they binge watch YouTube. Yeah. And kids are our future of this hobby. And there was a while there, like between 2010, 2014-ish, where I was like, there's no kids. I don't know any kids who are collecting sports cards right now. That's a great point. Yeah. And since 2017, you know, I'm constantly getting emails from kids, uh, you know, thanking me for my videos. I get emails from dads that are like, dude, your videos are awesome. I get to bond with my son over videos now. Uh, you have people who are starting their own channels, dad and son channels, which are totally cool to see oh, yeah. that we're getting kind of a younger generation back into the hobby. And I really love that about YouTube, that it is pulling a younger generation in. Um, so that's really cool. You know, I'm, I'm just focused with YouTube on, you know, trying to share with the hobby. I think that's having fun with it. Oh, that is awesome, man. No, for sure. When I, uh, when I caught your channel, it's one of the things that stuck out to me was how freaking fun it was first off, but it, it is definitely oriented towards the younger generation. Like it's just, it hooks them. I, my yeah, son has right. watched a few of your yeah. videos and he's, he's just hooked. It's, it's, you have a, mm -hmm. you have a knack. Obviously, right? You got thousands and thousands of followers. Um, mm -hmm. Just hit 9,000. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. In the hobby, I'm, that is so awesome, dude. I know, I'm, I'm gunning for 10K before December 1st. 
That, that's my goal. Okay. I know it's a lofty goal, man, but let, let's do it. That's awesome. So, Football season is usually when I'm busiest, so oh, hopefully there you we go. can do that. There yeah. you go. And we'll get into more of the YouTube stuff in a minute. But what, what, what happens in YouTube, though, when you go from – is there any type of benefit to being a 10,000 subscriber channel? No. Okay. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a pretty sweet number. I got it. Yeah, no. Uh, it's just a cool number to be at, but no, YouTube. Uh YouTube is interesting. There's a lot of analytics and things like that that you really got to dive into and uh figure out. Uh I don't know if you want to get into that now or You know what? It's just natural to talk about it now. I have a ton of stuff I want to ask you otherwise, but let's talk a little bit about YouTube then. So so maybe so how what have you changed kind of from the beginning to now? And the way you approach your videos, what have you kind of learned? Uh, well, the first thing, obviously, if you go back and look at my original video, <laughs> <laughs> is the quality of the video itself. So my first videos, I, they were terrible. They were awful. Um, you know, using just a webcam and the mic on the webcam. And I think it was like a $30 webcam at the time. So... You talk about poor quality and no background, no editing, nothing going on there. So, you know, it's pretty uh, – and I sounded terrible on the video. You know, your first video, you're so nervous. You don't know what you're going to say. You're sure. like, uh, here's some cards. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So, yeah, uh, just the quality of the video was a big thing there. Um, it took me a while to understand, and I keep telling people this that ask me because I get asked a lot. Tips, man. What, what can I do to my video to improve it? Sure. And I'm always saying, lighting. You need lights. Like, get some good lights. Hmm. A brighter pixel is a sharper pixel, and that, that's just the way it is. So if you have shadows, you got noise in those shadows, it's harder to read in those shadows, make sure that your whole area that you're going to be doing your break-in is nicely lit up, it's clean, it's easy to look at, you know? So lighting, get some lights. So important. Hmm. There's uh, another thing though. It's like lighting is great for box breaks, but if you're doing like a podcast or not a podcast, but like a, a vlog or something like that, you know, sure. lighting isn't as big because you want dramatic effects. So shadows on one side of your face, things like that. But when we're just looking at cards, you need some good lighting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So obviously you learned how to light your videos better and approach lighting what what's kind of the story that you're trying to tell or do you do you have are you that detailed and that thoughtful about the way you approach your videos now or is it just let's just go baby we know what we're doing now <laughs> for the box breaks we're just winging it man we're just hitting <laughs> record it. and we're rolling with it the only thing i do is before each box break because yeah. i have my little detailed half screen of what's in each box so the price of it the amount of cards what you can grab in the box, your key rookies, things like that, uh, that I throw up there at the beginning of the video. So obviously I look at the checklist, I see what's in the box. So I'm familiar with the product because I'm usually breaking it on right. release day. So Got nobody it. knows what's going on, hmm. including me. I have no idea. <laughs> so I get familiar with the product and then after that, we're just winging it. Yeah, we just go with it. You just, you know, yeah, that's that. Obviously my travel videos that I do, those little box breaks, you got a little story going on there. Oh but, man, they're outstanding. I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. If, if, and I'm going to put some of these links in the show notes because you have some, out, I mean, unbelievable scenery. By the way, is are you usually camping in Nevada? What's kind of your primary spot? Yeah, so most people don't realize it, but we just went to Mount Charleston. That's where we were camping the yep. other weekend. Yep. And uh, most people don't realize that about an hour outside of Vegas, 
we have a ski resort, which is crazy, a forest. And, you know, like today it's 110 here in Vegas. It's hot. And when we were up there, it was 80 degrees. So, you know, 30 degree difference, just an hour away. You can get away right there and uh, escape the heat. You know, so we love camping, going up there, getting our s'mores game on, of course. You know, one <laughs> night I think I had I think I had four s'mores and then I had to wake up the next morning, build a fire, have another s'more for breakfast. Oh. Got to get your s'mores game on. Uh, but there's a lot of hiking around Vegas. So we did a few hikes up there while we were in Charleston. OK, did a really cool one called Little Falls. I think it was only like a mile round trip. Went up to a waterfall right there, right in the desert. You know what I mean? So we got some cool stuff up here that. Most people don't realize it's right outside of Vegas. Everyone thinks Vegas, oh, the strip, gambling, all that kind of stuff. But once you live here, you don't do any of that ever. Yeah. Unless someone comes into town. But, you know, we have tons of stuff outside of Vegas. It's really cool. So. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I think of dry. I think of dry and rocky. That's my immediate right. thought. So yeah. What direction are you going then to those particular places from Vegas? Uh, so, so Mount Charleston is north outside of Vegas. And you literally – not kidding you. Once you leave Vegas, it's probably so it's an hour for me, but I'm as far south Vegas as you can be. I'm actually in Henderson. Huh. So you're probably 15 minutes, maybe not even that, 10 minutes outside of North Vegas and you hang a left and you drive maybe 25 minutes going west and you're already there. So Crazy. it's really just right outside of North Vegas. It's cool. That's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. Hard to beat that. No, yeah, it definitely is. Nice. All right. Anyway, we could talk about camping and stuff later. Um, I know, right? We, yeah. we don't got a lot of that in Kansas City. You got to go. No? You got to go quite a ways. I mean, you got the basic camping and you got lakes and all that stuff. So but, Kansas uh, City. So you got human weather and barbecues, right? Is that what's going on over there? <laughs> That's right. And we have a right. awful baseball team this year, but we'll have a pretty yeah. darn good football team. Yeah. Let's go Chiefs, man. <laughs> That's right. It's it's kind of funny though having the guy, the guy in the hobby, right? I mean, everybody wants Patrick Mahomes, whatever you can get. It's just oh, kind totally. Of, it's, it's, uh, right. it's brought some pretty fun recognition to Kansas City. But yeah, I had him on my fantasy team last year. I won. I have him on my fantasy team this year, and I expect to win again. So. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it's Mahomes' fault. Yeah, there you go. That's funny, but um, cool. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the the YouTube stuff we we're touching on. T- tell us more about the analytics. You're kind of going down that path. But uh, you said there's a lot to understand about analytics with YouTube. Give us the lowdown because I'm a complete noob when it comes to that. We were talking about it before we even recorded today. What's mm-hmm. uh, what's kind of the gist of what you, you want to look for when you're analyzing your YouTube video and content? Okay, so the first thing uh, that you want to understand with YouTube is the amount of views really don't matter. Mm. The amount of subscribers do not matter. The only thing that matters is watch time. And when YouTube switched to that algorithm where they were benefiting those that were getting more watch time on their videos, there was a a lot of problems with that because you have like uh, sketch artists and animation artists that do like 30 second YouTube videos. And it's like, I, I can't get any watch time. My videos are only 30 seconds. So watch time is a really big deal. Like the amount of minutes your viewers are watching uh, definitely boosts you in the YouTube algorithm as opposed to just views. You know, so YouTube wants people to get on YouTube and stay on YouTube. They don't want them to go anywhere else. So a view doesn't tell YouTube that that person stayed. 
watch time tells them that that person stayed on YouTube. Interesting. So it has nothing to do with the amount of time watched in comparison to the total time of the video. It's just cumulative total watch time. They do want to know, like, obviously your audience retention is very important. So like if your video is going along and you have an eight minute video, right. so you have, you know, 75% uh, audience retention to about six minutes and then it takes off to, you know, 12% for the last two minutes, uh, they definitely look at that. But their main stat that they look at first is going to be your total watch time on that video. But with that said, you don't want to make hour long videos and then have, <laughs> you know, 20% audience retention throughout. They won't even look at your video that way. Uh, so you have to have a nice audience retention in that 50 to 60% range is kind of what they're looking for. Got it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, not to guess that. Um, okay. When you mentioned too, the bit, once you start kind of hitting those algorithms that uh, YouTube is tracking, you get benefits from YouTube. What, what exactly do you mean by benefits from YouTube? Do you just mean higher up in search results? Yeah, you get higher up in search results, but I think the biggest thing is one of the biggest ways that people are finding your videos and clicking your videos is that recommended list on the right-hand side of a video you're watching. Oh, you know, how you're it. watching like a YouTube video and then it has that list of recommended videos. Yeah. So if someone's watching, you know, my video for 10 minutes and you're over there on the right hand side, you know, how many times are they glancing over there peeking at what videos are yeah. YouTube saying, Hey, watch me next, you know? So yeah, you want to be on those recommended lists on people's videos. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That's a, that's a great, great piece of advice. Um, so what else then, what else are you looking at when you look, dig into your analytics? What are you, what are you trying to uncover about your videos? You know, for me right now, like views do matter to me yep. um, because I have a pretty consistent viewer base. So I can see definitely a big difference when a video is liked uh, based on its thumbnail and its topic. So I'll get, oh, you know, a thousand it. to fifteen hundred views on a video that isn't very well received. And then you're getting near three thousand and thirty five hundred views on videos that are well received. And it's like, OK, so. People like, we'll just say 2019 absolute football. So mm -hmm. I need to do another video of that. Whereas people don't like 1819 Chronicles blaster boxes. So I will skip doing a second product of that. So, you know, depending on how many views I have, I can tell whether or not people are actually even clicking on the video. Ah, got it. Okay. That is, that is a huge benefit. Okay. Okay. And, and that has nothing to do with tags or keywords. Tags and keywords are incredibly important. It's funny because <laughs> uh, I think it's called uh, TubeBuddy. Okay. It's like a, a little extension you can put on your Google Chrome. All right. And you can actually go to anybody's video and it'll show you what keywords or tags they're using. So I have it on my Google Chrome extension. So if I go and watch somebody else's video, it'll say, hey, here are the keywords that he's using. <laughs> and you would be shocked how many people are putting no keywords? I'm like, dude, that is your search engine. Like that's what's pushing you into YouTube right there. You've got to use keywords. So I have, I've emailed a lot of guys who make videos on YouTube as well. Like, hey bro, just create like a basic document that has at least your channel name, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and then football cards, sports cards, box breaks, you know, just this and just copy paste it every time. You know, that way you have some keywords and then add that product in there and you're mm -hmm. done. It takes like two seconds. 
but yeah, keywords, definitely. It is not something to skip. Interesting. TubeBuddy. <laughs> yeah, TubeBuddy. Definitely check it out. It's a good, it's free. It's just a free little extension. Yeah, it'll give you all kinds of stats on people's channels. You can be nosy. No kidding. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. That's what it takes. I get it. Uh -huh. So, so what it, when you're putting out a video then, what are you kind of aiming for then? Do you have an, are you, are you shooting for a number of views to, to kind of gauge success or you just uh, well, pushing, pushing, I mean, pushing? I, I won't deny like when I, when a video doesn't get a thousand views, I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. you know, because I got videos that are hitting, you know, 9,000. So when something doesn't hit a thousand, it's like, yeah, that pro I probably should just skip that product. Maybe next year I won't do that product. <laughs> Do you, did you think it comes down to product in some of those cases or do you feel like you can point out pretty quickly if you didn't execute the video pretty well? You know, I really don't think execution, especially with box breaks, has anything to do with any of okay. it. Okay. Not, not the view. Audience retention, whole uh, other story. Gotcha. So it depends on what you're looking at. The view is just somebody clicked on the video. You know, if they watch right. five seconds, I get a view. You know, that's, that's, that's just telling me if people are clicking my thumbnail audience retention and watch time is what tells me if I executed that video well. Did I hold their attention? Was it entertaining enough? Was I dull that day and I shouldn't have even bothered breaking? You know, that that, that tells you right there what's mm. going on. Got so it. it just kind of depends on what you want to know. Is your thumbnail and keywords working or is are you working, you know? <laughs> Um, I usually see my doctor for those issues. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, I just look at my analytics. <laughs> <laughs> Therein lies the difference. Uh, so engagement. Mm. So we've kind of taken everything we talked about here. Mm. How do you how do you drive engagement? You do an outstanding job of this. And it's probably a lot to do with your personality. Like you and your wife do a great job of just communicating in your videos. But how important is engagement? One, how do you drive it? And do you think it has anything to do with your subscriber count? Uh, so engagement would be your second most important thing that YouTube looks at. Okay. Watch time, engagement. Are people clicking thumbs up? I mean, even if they click th thumbs down, that's an engagement. Hmm. So people who are th hitting thumbs down on my videos, I'm like, thank you for watching and giving me an engagement. I appreciate that. Hmm. You know, uh, you just want all engagement you can get from your audience. So that includes responding to every single comment so if somebody even says great vid just say thanks thank you man you know what i mean like mm -hmm. there's another engagement you going in and saying thank you is another engagement on that video and sometimes you know i'll respond to somebody and then they come back and respond to me and when they come back and respond to me that's another view as well so engaging in your audience is incredibly important when they're leaving comments and giving you thumbs up and things like that. And then obviously, I don't do a great job of this. Uh, we do it in our pack battles. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them to comment something specific down below, you know, hey, let us know what your favorite card was in this break or whatever yeah. it was, mm -hmm. that's great for engagement. For us, we just do it in the pack battles, having them vote for who they think won the pack battle. Uh, so, you know, those, those, uh, videos are doing really really well we get like 200 comments on wow. those videos and yeah responding to every single one of them takes a lot of time but it is very important to do that interesting is there a specific score you can look at to see kind of what the engagement rating was for a video or is that just if, you kind of there are other oh, is okay 
if you get to, buddy. <laughs> I am not sponsored. Is this your company? This is your. No. This is totally your company. No. I know it's funny. No, it better be. I am actually not sponsored by TubeBuddy, but I do recommend using it if you're trying <laughs> to take YouTube seriously. All right. See, so they'll they'll play some sort of engagement score, for the lack of a better term, I guess. Is that what? Yeah, they, they do. They actually give you. Uh, actually, I think I've been saying. Okay, TubeBuddy does it. I use VidIQ. See, I don't even use the right one. Oh I my gosh. Uh, so there's two of them you can use, either one. And it actually gives you an engagement so- score. It gives you a uh, keyword score. So oh, it lets wow. you know how you're doing. So it's a really good tool to use, absolutely. If you got if you got a YouTube channel, I would definitely recommend just uh, hooking that up to your Google Chrome and get rolling with that. It'll give you a lot of good information. That's awesome. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. So we got uh, we got engagement as number two. What, uh, what else are we missing? Anything else you... You want to fill in the gaps with, or is that are those two crucial components good enough? Uh, for YouTube analytics, I yep. think that's good enough for the analytics of YouTube. I think if we get down to nitty gritty, this podcast will go for ten hours and then <laughs> be uh, worn out with yeah. analytics. <laughs> yes, we would. Yes, we would. Um, so let's talk about subscribers then, because obviously you're just kicking some booty when it comes to subscriber count. What um, I guess what is the advantage of, of having subscribers, um, and then Kind of what, what's your ultimate goal with your subscribers? Are you are you trying to do anything special for them? Do you do any of the uh, super chat stuff? What uh, what am I missing here? Yeah, so so subscribers, obviously, like I said, I just hit nine k. Um, yes, I'm. Uh, I, I can't wait to hit ten k. There are no benefits, like I said. Uh, I do want to start doing live streams. I don't know about super chat. I don't know if I want to do that. I just don't know how I feel about that in general. But in live streams, I know a lot of guys do like live auctions with their channel. Mm. I got plenty of cards we could auction off, you know. So yeah, uh, a lot of people like that, doing that and just being able to chat with me. I know I'm going to go over to Top Shelf Breaks and their live chat and try to get people over there to chat with both of us. Uh, so that'll be kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, subscribers, the benefit would be that uh, you're getting clicks immediately. Um Momentum is incredibly important on YouTube. You know, you just got to keep stoking that fire once it's rolling. It's hard to get it going. (laughs) (laughs) And once you have it going, you just got to keep stoking it. And that's probably my biggest mistake in on YouTube is that break that I've taken off every year. I've taken like three, four months off every year. And I will get to the point where I'm getting that nice, you know, 3000 views per video. I'll take three months off. And when I come back, I'm getting five to 800 views a video. And it's like, man, what happened? But what I don't think people know is YouTube stops promoting you even to your own subscribers. Really? Okay, that's huge. If you're not creating content now, they stop promoting you. So I'll come back after three or four months. I'll be making videos for about two months. And then I have people that I know have always watched my videos message me and be like, dude, you're finally back. Thanks for coming back. I'm so excited. I'm like, bro, I've been back for two months. What are you talking about? I haven't been getting notified of your of your uh, videos. It's because they don't put you in the subscriber list if you're not making content. So wow. because it is, it's uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at your subscriptions like each day, but the videos that you click on, those channels that you're constantly clicking on they're going to be up top Mm. even on your daily videos from your subscribers and there will be people missing that you don't click on ever 
And uh, that's that's a huge thing. So if you can make one video for 52 weeks, that is fantastic, you know, each and every week, as opposed to like what I was doing, three videos for eight months and taking four months off, that just stifles everything. And you're basically, you know, starting over every single time. So be consistent, just keep posting. No kidding. So what what is the sweet spot then? Have you have you identified what the sweet spot is? Is it once a week or do you kind of create your own rhythm? You know, yeah, I, I think for every channel, it just depends okay. on uh, the person. You know, some some channels are breaking a more variety of product. You know, if they're doing baseball, basketball, and football, they could get away with probably posting six, seven videos a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice that if I do more than five videos a week, I will definitely start spreading my views thin within those videos. So what would have been 3,000 view videos are now kind of like 2,000 to 2,500 because my viewers, uh, they're wearing out. They're like, uh, I don't have time to watch another video, man. <laughs> you know, so I, I kind of like that right around three a week seems to be my sweet spot. Um, I know for some people, you know, two uh, is good. There was one guy that did a video every day for, I think, like two years. It's crazy. I'm oh, like, my goodness. Huh. I'm worn out just thinking about that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you over time too. You've kind of you've nailed down the efficiencies of putting out content, right? You're you're not duplicating work, so that helps considerably. No. No, I got templates for my editing and all that kind of stuff. Makes things much faster. Yeah. So let's shift a little bit then and kind of talk about that. What what technology have you kind of found most useful for you over time? What have you kind of, because it's funny when I asked you about your, one of your, um, wilderness videos, you're telling me you record a lot of it on the phone and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. This is such good quality. How's this happening? Yeah. People are underestimating our cell phones. You know, they, (laughs) they record 4k. Most of them, most of the new phones, man. Yeah. They're uh, incredible video content. The image is just beautiful on them. Uh, so yeah, you can get away with just your phone on a tripod But with that said, you do need to know how to adjust the image a little bit to really get that exceptional image quality like what I have in my videos. So I use Premiere Pro for all that. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people, when I tell them, yeah, use Premiere Pro, they're like, I don't know how to use that. It's really not difficult. It's it's a pretty easy program. Uh, So I I would definitely, you know, if you want to do editing and get – a chance to up your video content just a little bit. Just get Premiere Pro. It's cheap. I mean, what is Adobe? The full suite, like uh, forty bucks a month or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you're taking things seriously, you know that's Premiere Pro, InDesign, Lightroom, Photoshop, Audition, Illustrator. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many things you can use there that are useful if you're making videos or any type of creative content. Hmm. Um, so yeah, Premiere Pro has been probably the big thing that has made my videos kind of stand out is being able to edit. Got it. So are you like your card videos then outside of the wilderness stuff? Are you using phones or you, do you have some pretty legit cameras set up? It, it just depends. You know, sometimes if I'm in a hurry, I will use my phone and you will not know the difference. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, it just will look exactly the same because I can color match, you know, so I can take what I get from the camera that I use. Uh, on most of my videos, I actually use uh, just a Sony a6500 or you can use like a, I think they just released a 6100 mm-hmm. uh, Sony just a few days ago. It's 600 bucks, I think. 
and it has a uh, 4K 8-bit camera. Uh, so, man, you talk. I mean, it's better quality when I'm using it. It's only 600 bucks. So, wow, you can get away with pretty cheap, uh, getting really good quality. But anyway, back to what I was saying. With a phone, I can take that image and then I can split screen it and color match compared to what I'm getting out of my camera because I know how to color edit on Premiere Pro. So you <laughs> won't even notice that and maybe just add a little bit of sharpness to it. Premiere Pro will do that for me. I just tell it, you know, add sharpening. and uh, Just tell it, just talk to it, does it all. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know what? It's just the tube buddy add-on. All, that's all you need. That's right. <laughs> tube buddy. <laughs> It does everything. You just, start, you just start talking to the to the computer, telling it what to do. Make my <laughs> video look better, and there it is. Bam. Two, buddy. Yeah. Need some coffee. Scramble some yeah. eggs. Got it. Coffee yes, sounds sir. good, man. Um, oh, does it? Huh. Yeah. Maybe I'll send you it back. You know what? I'll so send a little you back. caffeine. You know, I did have some caffeine before we did this podcast. Started this podcast because I was like, dude, an hour of talking. I'm gonna need a little bit extra energy for this. Oh. So. If you're wondering, this podcast is fueled by Pepsi. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be. Pepsi Pepsi as, you know, some sort of sponsor. You'd be set, dude. That would be amazing. Yeah, so go get Pepsi. Get that sponsor. I'm ready for it. If, if only they weren't so big. Yeah, that's the <laughs> point, though. <laughs> you could stop everything else you're doing and just focus on this podcast right here, dude. You pick, like, the seventh largest company in the world. Um yeah, that's true. Okay. Food for thought. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah get after it. <laughs> right. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Low expectations. Um, okay. So Premiere Pro, we got your phone. Um, you're using like a Galaxy 9, right? S9, whatever. You, are you an Android guy? So you're using your Android phone? Yes. I, I do have Apple products, but yes, I am an Android PC guy. Nice. Like I'm on an iMac right now. But if I want to do something that's really important, I go to my PC because I build PCs. So, you know, my PC is going to be faster than this ridiculous $3,000 iMac. Wait, you build PCs? Is that what you do for fun or you do that for a living? No, I do that for fun. Okay, nice. Man, yeah. he's dabbling everything. Love it. Yeah, a l- little bit of dabbling everywhere. Yeah. All right. Um, my wife and I were, were actually thinking about moving off of iPhones over to the new Note 10s. The Samsungs. Mm. They got good cameras on them. There you go. It's like your box break channel right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah exactly. Um, all right, cool. That's that's really good stuff. Um, dude, you've crushed it with your YouTube stuff. It's it's incredibly impressive how high Thank quality you. your content is. So you're, uh, you are the voice in the hobby when it comes to YouTube, I think. So thanks for the insight around your YouTube. That's terrible. I don't want to hear that. That puts a lot of pressure on me there. <laughs> I don't want that pressure. Oh man. Okay. Just drink some more Pepsi and solve your problems. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about some of the products, man. I, I'd be curious to know kind of what what you're seeing from the hobby perspective. Mm. What uh, what products have stuck out to you recently that you've really liked? Um, let's start with that question. It's a big question, but what what have you really really liked? I really liked 1819 Chronicles Basketball. Yes! Was, uh, oh, it's a oh, sleeping man. product for me. I love that product. Like every pack you open, it's just nonstop fun. You got no idea what set you're going to get. Really cool stuff. Uh, I wish they would do a football version. And I know every time I say that to somebody, they're like, dude, football gets all the products anyway. So why would you need Chronicles in football? Tops like, needs uh-huh. to do the Chronicles one. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, there you go. Right? But I was thinking, you know, Revolution. 
is basketball only. Status, Prism Mosaic, uh, Crown Royale. Let's not start with Crown because yeah. Panini has destroyed Crown, mm-hmm. and it's a, like a sore spot for me. My favorite product, man. They ruined it. It's terrible. Crown was but, your yeah, favorite so, product? Oh, man. back. Okay, so in the You're talking 90s, the originals. Okay, I got you. I feel oh, you. That stuff was gorgeous. Agreed. Just awesome with the die cuts and everything. And then they brought it back in, what was it, 10 or 11? Yep. And uh, they were really good looking then, too. They still had the full die cut. They kept the die cut through like 13, and then they just came out with this stupid, boring card. It's like, <laughs> what did you do to the product? Why did we go from die cuts to no die cuts? What What are you doing? So, Classic case yeah, of overthinking success. That's, yeah, that's a sore spot right there. Okay. But no, really, Chronicles is fantastic. I love that product. Uh, I thought 2019 Donner's inserts were really cool. Okay. Hmm. Uh, they did a nice job with that. I'm really excited for 19 Black in, what, a week and a half or something like uh, that? Okay. Oh, yeah, man, not, not even that. It's four days away. What oh, are you excited about? Away? Yeah, Dude. yeah. So in 2013 is the last year that I really remember it being good. Yeah. You know, nice black cards with gold ink. I think they're using white ink this time, right? So mm. that should be awesome. Everything numbered to 75 or less, really cool. 100 bucks a box. So, it's a sweet, yeah, sweet price point. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were just talking about this in our last podcast. I mean, you got Obsidian Basketball, which is basically Panini Black football. Yeah, right. So... And you yeah. got a couple similar. Points. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. And then uh Illusions has been nice, especially with those uh acetate inserts. Yeah. I love you might start to notice that I'm not a hit collector. I'm an inserts and die cuts. Which and is that, cool. That, it's different. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Hits don't do it for me. All these white jerseys, like that that doesn't do it, man. Good yeah. job. You got another player worn white jersey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh but yeah. Okay. I, I like unique designs, but my wife is a graphic designer. So design, I'm like surrounded by design. So, I so like it when is she cool. like eating up like tops fire and stuff? Does she? Does yeah, she do- no, she, she loves some of those products that they really get into the design. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Every once in a while she'll notice a product. She's like, Oh yeah, that's the one right there. That is an awesome <laughs> card. Right. So that's cool. That's very mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Those are some sweet products. I like it. Um, what about these, I mean, the direction of the hobby in general? I mean, you, you've done this long enough to kind of see little shifts here and there, but do you, are you feeling good about the direction of hobby in general? I mean, I, you made a good point earlier about the young generation kind of coming into the hobby, which is, I think is mm-hmm. awesome, right? But, yeah, I mean, do you get caught up in just the overprint runs and kind of just the redundancy of products? Does that bother you? It does bother me, like uh that we have i think we have a little too many products from okay let, let's start from the top here exclusive licensing has got to go huh okay oh uh, man like i love upper deck upper deck made beautiful products spx yeah. if we could get upper deck spx back in football game changer i would oh do you remember 2008 spx i can't say that i specifically remember cards from that product but i remember lots of spx cards yeah Man, all those die cut jerseys and you got 10 hits in every box and mm. oh, it was just beautiful stuff. So I, I really don't like the exclusive licensing. I wish we had a little more competition within the companies because I think that's what creates a little bit of the redundancy. They don't have to work so hard. I have no competition, you know? You want to know Panini something funny? Has, Panini I, has no competition. 
I typed in Google 2008 SPX football, and mm-hmm. item number three is a video from you. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. Man. SEO, baby. That's what I'm talking about. See, those are those keywords working for me. There you go. Sorry, I didn't yep. mean to cut you off, but continue your train of thought there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. Uh, uh, it's just that exclusive licensing kind of gets rid of some of the competition between the companies. Now, I think Panini's doing a good job with everything. Uh, there's a few little things that I wish they would get better at, but overall, great company. Uh, Tops isn't bad. They need to work on their customer service a little bit. And then Upper Deck does all kinds of fantastic things. They just can't do anything. Hmm. They have no licenses. Well, I mean, okay, they do have licenses, but they don't have those three Relevant I'm going to call main yeah. sports. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but overall, I think the hobby's in a great position. Uh, there are some things that might kind of pull the hobby down a little bit in our near future. Um, but yeah, it, as... it's great. I know, I know a lot of people think that that bubble is about to burst, that we're mm. right there like we were in the 90s. I don't know what that was like, the late 80s, early 90s. I wasn't around. Mm. But uh, I've, I've heard enough about it, and I understand where people are seeing a likeness between the two because we do. We have a ton of products. They're printing just so much. Uh, prices are inflated. It seems like at some point they got to come down. But overall, you know, I disagree with that. I think the hobby is really strong, especially over the next couple of years. And yeah, I don't see anything taking it down. We got issues, but no, it's good. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I I feel like the question always is if, if we're going to print as much as we want to print Panini and tops, are we growing as fast as we want to grow? That's the question, right? And I, I think from all the stuff I heard about the national, and it sounds like from you and just the audience growth you're seeing, it sounds mm-hmm. like we're growing pretty darn fast, which is Oh, hard. we are absolutely growing. It's just a matter of is our growth uh, stable and going to stay? Yep. That's kind of the question because for one, you have this kind of like grading trend that we got going on. Everyone wants to grade everything, which is totally cool. I love grading. Oh, I just I like sent that. Uh, about uh, 145 cards of PSA about three weeks ago. So, you know, doing bulk grading services with PSA. Awesome. I like that. So grading's cool. But the kind of flip side of that is obviously I'm sure you know we have some trimming issues going on. I'm sure you've heard about that, right? You and your wife got some issues with that? No, no, trimming. <laughs> people. I know. <laughs> people trimming cards, you know, and getting them graded as authentic. I don't, you know. Yeah. There's some people who have some big problems with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sure. you're buying, you know, a thousand dollar card that you thought was authentic and real and yep. it comes back and it's actually tri- uh, trimmed and altered. That's, uh, that's not good. Does that, does that push you in any direction towards BGS or is PSA just your, that's your grading authority? No, I think it's happening with all the graders. They're hmm. all grading cards that were trimmed. Hmm. Every single one of them. Have you been on the blowout forums and seen like the examples of all that? Oh yeah, I have. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Not cool, man. Not it's, cool. Uh, at all. That's a rough one. And then the, uh, another side of grading is it makes selling raw cards really difficult. Hmm. Uh, I had I've had a couple people like I'll sell them two dollar cards that are raw. Yeah. Like this came out of a pack. I put it in a sleeve, top loader. I shipped it to you. And they'll come back at me and be like, "Oh, the bottom left corner on the back is slightly dinged." Okay. <laughs> I wanted to grade it. It's a two dollar card, man. Right. It's raw. I, I didn't say it was near. It's raw. 
Like, yeah. so it, it is making selling raw cards a little more difficult because everyone wants to grade everything. Yeah. And I know for a fact, Panini is probably having a fit about all the QA stuff they're getting uh, for damaged cards right out of pack. Because I'm seeing videos all the time. People will pull cards and it has little slight dings in the corner, right. which three years ago was normal. We didn't care. I mean, that's a raw card. It comes out of packs like that. Right. And uh, they're like, oh, I got to get Panini to send me a new box. Uh, it's raw cards, man. Exactly. If every card came out as a PSA, PSA 10, 10, they wouldn't be worth would be anything. Of PSA 10. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we have to have, you know, I expect an eight out of raw cards. Yep. And exciting stuff is when it is a 10. Otherwise, everything's an eight. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. At all. No, it's funny. I, I feel like. It's every week you're getting somebody shooting a note on eBay and saying, hey, can you send me front and back scans, zoom in on a corner? Or, yeah, or, or the question of, what do you think this will grade as? It's like, yeah. no way in heck am I answering that question. <laughs> yeah, right. And I totally understand that with really valuable cards. Yeah. Like right. I pulled right. a, uh, you know, a Baker Mayfield RPA from Select and to number 10 and it's like yeah i expect the person who buys this to ask me what do you think it'll be graded or can i get really close photos of each corner and things like that you know it's it's close to a thousand dollar card yeah absolutely yeah you can do that but you're talking about cards that are under five bucks i'm like man you're you're really nitpicking this hobby a little bit you know so <laughs> right yeah agreed but as, as far as the direction of the hobby, I think uh, I think we have to talk about Gary V, right? Do we? Who is this oh, guy? You know, he I, I, he's so polarizing within the hobby. I love it. It's do, great. What What do you like about Gary V in the hobby? I'm really curious. Be very specific here because I have a, a strong take on him. Very specific. I just think that he's good for the hobby and that he's bringing <laughs> attention to the hobby. Like, dude, any attention to the hobby is good for the hobby. I understand where specific collectors are irritated about, you know, his flip life and his three, four years and all those things that he's talked about. But overall, man, hey, all he's news bringing is good news. New yep. people, he's bringing new money. That's all good for the hobby. Let's keep it rolling. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I respect him. I mean, if you had a dictionary and you looked up the word hustler, Gary V is the definition like 100 <laughs> percent? yeah no i you know, i don't personally i actually don't watch the dude or anything like that i actually didn't even know he collected cards until pretty much right before the national mm -hmm. i had no idea um so just kind of catching up on what he has been doing in the hobby and things like that i i think it's good for the hobby for now okay. for now yeah see i i was a big gary v follower for the last three years like he oh, was yeah? kind of nice. one of my key motivational, you know, I'm on a road trip. I'm going to listen to Gary Vee for a bit, you know, uh, without the kids mm -hmm. around, of course. Um, right. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know what it is, man. I've had a hard time just accepting him, just bulldozing his way into the hobby. Maybe it's just kind of a protecting the baby a little bit. Okay. So like, no, when he first came in, so like the initial like surge of here's yeah. Gary Vee and all that, I was like, dude, just. Just back the truck up, man. <laughs> like, that was no. exactly the way I was feeling. You know, I, I'm I'm not liking this at all. This guy is a pain. Yeah. You know, uh, but 
you know, just looking at how much the hobby has grown since, because he is bringing a lot of eyes to the hobby and I'm getting questions right. from people on Instagram who clearly are not collectors. Yep. Right. <laughs> clearly not coming to me. And I'm like, I know for a fact that you are from Gary V. You are a Gary V watcher and that's why you're talking to me. So, but I mean, that's fine. We're all going to grow because of that. We're all going to get new money into our businesses or whatever we're doing as sports cards and I understand the problem with flip life, but if you do the flipping smart as well, because anyone can do it. If you just watch ESPN in the morning, you can flip cards. It's, it's not rocket science. Right, exactly. Um, you know, you can pretty much pay for your hobby. It's a great situation to be in. Um, you know, like, uh, what was it? Game seven, Raptors, Sixers. Mm -hmm. You had Kawhi Leonard, the base prism. So not the actual refractor or prism prisms, whatever you want to call them. The base prism were about like 40 bucks. So I had six of them in my cart ready to buy in case they won for 41 a piece uh, on eBay, mm -hmm. just waiting. And obviously it came down to that ridiculous shot uh, at the end at the buzzer. Yep. But I was able to buy all six of those cards for 41 bucks. And then game three of the finals, I sold each one of them for 115 each. Wow. So there's your flip right there. there all you, you have know. to do is be paying attention to the sports. I mean, if we're collecting sports cards, we're watching sports. Right. Anyone can flip cards. You don't need to be a, any type of rocket scientist to do it. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I, I think the general message, I mean, look, that's all we do at Breaker Culture, right? We focus on analytics and we help folks mm -hmm. kind of approach that. So I, I, I have no grounds to stand uh, and, and against that in any shape or form. But I think what I get most frustrated with him is basically at the national. It's just that. So many people are there trying to take advantage of who Gary V is as mm -hmm. a social media presence. And it's like the line is wrapped around other booths because they all want to go take a you know Instagram photo with Gary V and have him tag, you know, them and their channel and all this stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to see this. No, I totally agree with that. It's it's bringing a little bit of a mess into the hobby. And yeah. this has been a really nice little tight knit hobby and we all pretty much know each other and we're aware of all of e all of us and yep. it, it, we're all close and yeah it does bring a little bit of this kind of outside like crazy group <laughs> yeah. into our little nice hobby and yeah there's definitely some problems there but i think it's good for business in general uh, agreed you're totally right yeah. yeah that stuff will work itself out and truth of the matter is gary v knows what he's doing he's a mm -hmm. extremely smart businessman and i respect that a lot and there's a lot to be learned from a guy like that so We'll yeah. take it. We'll take that for sure. Um, and he's a buyer, right? He's probably through his uh, all kinds of different channels. He's probably been buying some of our stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. So, so what's your thought? I gotta, I gotta ask this one because I keep asking people this. Okay. Uh, with sports cards, most people think that buying a card is investing. Mm -hmm. So, do you think there's a difference between like speculation and investing, or are you? If you buy a card that you think is going to gain money, are you investing in that card or are you speculating in that card? Yeah, so I, I think I think grading has shifted from shifted cards from speculative to investments. Mm -hmm. I think gotcha. because it's wrapped a standard around a card and it's taken a lot of the uh, the uh, ambiguity out of the mm -hmm. value of a card. So I, I yeah, think no, it becomes more of an investment. Um, mm -hmm. Right. I mean, Bitcoin and gold can be argued as as much of you know speculation than anything else that we mm -hmm. do in hobby. Absolutely, so, yeah. 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 
but uh, yeah, there's there's no arguing, right? I mean, you're a, you're a blown ACL or some, you know, some female issue away from <laughs> a card yeah, being I know, right, or just or just Andrew Luck style right there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Right. Cool. A lot of people lost a lot of money. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people are gonna... on this being Andrew Luck's season. Right. A lot of people thought that, and I did too. I didn't buy any Andrew Luck stuff, but I definitely thought that this was the year Andrew Luck was gonna make it. And ooh, yeah, that hurt a lot of people. Hmm. Or maybe it just presents an opportunity because you know he's coming back. I, I kind of thought the same thing. I actually was talking <laughs> to my wife about that. I was like, so two years from now, do you think Andrew Luck will come back? And she was like, oh, I don't know, maybe. I was like, okay. And she actually went with, yes, I think he will. I said, so if you had 800 bucks to spend on Andrew Luck, would you be comfortable doing it knowing he's going to come back in two years and you're going to make bank off that? So that that's definitely something that people can uh, start asking themselves. It's how comfortable are they with Andrew Luck coming back? Because his card's plummeted, man. Oh, my goodness. There's, you can uh, pick cool. him up in the bargain rack right now. Some good oh, stuff. Yeah. So here's the logic. Really I was stuff. listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, big fan of Bill Simmons. He mm-hmm. he with, his, uh, with Cousin Sal were doing their typical over-under for the NFL season. They were talking about the Colts. And Cousin Sal made a point. He said, you know what? There's a reason why you're say Luck. Andrew Luck keep that bonus. He goes, mm-hmm. his thought is there's an agreement that next year, or the year after Andrew Luck's back with the team and he's all ready to go. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, pretty good logic actually. Yeah, that is good logic. I would be all for it. You know, I liked Andrew Luck. So yeah. seeing him go, that was kind of, that was disappointing. Yeah, for sure. What about you? I mean, do you view cards as an investment or do you, does that make your skin crawl when you hear that? No, actually I think it's both. Okay. I think if you're talking about uh, guys who have not made a career or who have not made championships of themselves yet, yep. uh, that is speculation. But if you're buying 52 Mantles, 86, 87 Jordans, 03 LeBrons, 01 Bradys, uh, you know, anyone that has won championships yeah. and has a career already in the books, uh, you're absolutely investing. That there's those cards are not dropping in value. And even if, you know, we do burst the bubble, I would say five, eight years after that bubble burst, those cards would be right back where they were. So no different than a stock crash or anything like that. But I do think if you're just buying random prospects, like you see it a lot in baseball prospecting, and you're just picking all kinds of prospects and you're speculating that they're going to get called up and you're going to make money off those, I think that's a little bit of speculation, not so much investing. So I think it's a combination. You know, it just kind of depends on hmm. how much risk you're willing to take. I like it. I like it. We're on the same page for sure. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, so where where are you hoping to go then with GM and JD? Kind of what's your vision for the next six to twelve months outside of getting um, ten thousand subscribers? Six to twelve months. So I think my biggest thing is, like I said, I want to stay consistent with videos through uh january 2021 and then i'll reevaluate whoa if i need to take a break or if it's just not working or things like that but that's kind of my my spot january 2021 so that football season will be ending right there and uh kind of reevaluate so consistency is big we're going to do a big push for a year and a half here see where that gets us and within that is collaborations man you know i want to collaborate more with a lot of people hmm that's why I'm on here. I got my collaboration with Top Shelf Breaks going on. CK, love that guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I do a lot of collaborating with Brothers and Cards, their Pack Plus program. They're uh, great dudes. They got a really cool product. Um, you know, there's a couple YouTubers that I want to get together with and do some breaks. Nationals, if anybody is planning on not going to Nationals next year, they are absolutely crazy. Next year is the year to be at Nationals. It's going to be such a madhouse. It's going to be terrible because it's going to be such a madhouse, but it's going to be awesome. So everyone needs to go to Nationals next year. So that's a goal for me right there. Are you, you going to set up a booth out there? No, I'm not going to set up because that will isolate me to one position. I got to roam, man. I got to roam. <laughs> you got to take your Galaxy S9 and go roam. Yeah, no. Yeah, we're, I'm actually going to bring the, the A6500 or whatever camera I have at the time. And uh, we're going to film it. We're going to do the whole shebang. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. That's I got awesome. Plans for nationals next year. So You need to collaborate with Jeff at Pat Geek. Pat Geek, yeah, okay. Actually, I listened to that podcast with him, yeah. Yeah, he, he is YouTube, the man. Yeah, I, I yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you two, you're the two YouTube guys I look at, and I think you guys are setting the standard so high in the hobby. Yeah, it's I, quite I, impressive. I definitely have to go look at his videos. I have to admit, I did not know who he was. Awesome. When, when I listened to that uh, podcast, I that's was why like, we do this, it. This dude's awesome. I got to go watch his videos now. So. <laughs> I know he said, what, to stay away from episode one through 16 or something like that? That's probably what you'd say about your videos, right? <laughs> uh, I would say stay away from episode one through, what, 150? <laughs> Watch Check the out the last, last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Last week. Yeah, that's good. The great videos this last week. <laughs> That's it's awesome. funny because every once in a while I have somebody watch one of my old videos and they'll uh -huh. leave a comment like, this was so weird. I'm like, dude, that was seven years ago. Of course it was weird. Everything right. was weird seven years ago. No you kidding. Know, so. No kidding. We were still at what, three megapixel cameras back then? I know, right? There's nothing high quality. Like I said, my webcam was like 30 bucks. Didn't have a <laughs> mic. Nothing going on. I had no backdrop. I think I had like a little LED light that I thought was fancy at the time <laughs> on, a, uh, on a glass desk. And that was, uh, that was it. That was the break. It's exciting. You got to start somewhere. Your evolution is you impressive. And that's what I keep telling people when they ask, you know, how do I start a channel? Start it. That's how you start it. Just go. Yeah. Make a video. Get used to that first before you start, you know trying to narrow down everything just start making videos throw them out there for sure well shoot i mean we had to get we basically cut episode one through 15 off of itunes because they were just so bad <laughs> we went back and listened to them like oh my gosh that's actually really bad yeah uh, but yeah that's how it is with all of us yep making that's bad right. videos stick your neck out there man that's what you do yep, you just have to that's how you yeah. hustle that's awesome man well, dude, I, I am so impressed with what you do. Thank you so much for giving me an hour. We we always close on some rapid fire. I got some random questions it, for has you. Has it really been an hour already? Dude, look right? at that. Hour and I five minutes. I an hour. You did look it. That. Hey, how about that? We made it through an hour and we didn't even mention Zion. Mm, that's, that's, that's our follow-up interview. How impressive is that? The most, the, the biggest thing in our hobby right now. We didn't even talk about it. So there you go. Look at that. We're so diverse. We, we are so coming. diverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All hey, right. I'm ready for rapid fire. Well, before we do that, where where can folks find you? Point us in the right direction. Uh, if you just Google Jam and JD Sports Cards, you'll find my YouTube. You'll find Beckett, Instagram, Twitter. Don't touch Facebook. I am not there. If you message me on Facebook, you'll never hear a response. I just I can't do Facebook. 
<laughs> but yeah, Instagram, YouTube, that that's pretty much uh, my big things right there. You can uh, talk to me anywhere right there. All right. Or Any just, time of day. Just, I answer questions all the time. Awesome. Or you can mm-hmm. just type 2008 SPX football in Google. Right. And I'll, you'll pop I'll be up. the third result. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work on that. Got to be number one. Who is number one? I don't think you're going to catch this guy. This is the trading card database is number one and two. Oh, and then you got, yeah, 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 yeah you're not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. I'll, cool. I'll be satisfied with number three. Beautiful. Let's do this. Your okay. favorite card in your collection? Oh man, I'm gonna have to say it's. It, this is gonna be hilarious. Uh, my favorite card is going to be an Emmett Smith, not actually super rookie, but it says super rookie on the top. Uh, because I got it when I was, I think, like five. Oh, wow. And for so many years, I thought it was his rookie card because I was too young. But I still have it. So that's going to be my favorite uh, favorite card in my collection right there. Because I'm a big Emmett collector, by the way. Oh. I think I have about 6,000 Emmets. My gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to do some sorting of that. I think about mm, 2,300 of them or so are uh, sorted and logged. And then the other many thousand is just thrown in a box, and I need to fix that. But have you done I like a hire somebody? Yeah. Have you done like an Emmett Smith video of all your cards, your collection, like a collection overview video? Yeah, no, I haven't. I get asked that all the time. Can you please do a collection video? And I'm like, that would take so long. <laughs> You'd need to have Emmett Smith join you for that one. That that would be awesome. You know, <laughs> he's al- always in Vegas doing signings over at TriStar on the Strip too. Drives me crazy. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's the, the cereal that you're going to eat next in your cupboard? Uh, how about a protein shake? I don't eat cereal. <laughs> no cereal. Wow. Okay. Give me No cereal. Yeah. My wife loves cereal. I don't eat cereal. What's her favorite cereal? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> she just puts them all together. <laughs> yeah, no. She likes all cereal, man. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't eat cereal at okay. all. What's your uh, yeah. what's your protein mix then? What's kind of the the recipe? Uh, it's called it's called my protein, just straight my protein. That's it. Wow. Yeah, it's a European country or a company. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, it was so popular they just created the country for the protein right. shake. My protein country. Yeah, but no, it's a European <laughs> company. Uh, that's where they're based. But it's really good protein. Mixes really well. It's great. Right. That's how I start my day. Protein shake. Love it. All right. Who's your favorite non-sports YouTuber? Non-sports YouTuber. I'm going to have to go with Peter McKinnon. He's so good. You know, it's funny because uh, that is actually my first dose of Gary V. He went over and had a little chat with Gary V a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, who's this guy? He's a Jets fan. It was funny because it was in Gary V's office and I saw some cards in the background. I was like, dude, that guy collects cards. That's whack. And uh, because I didn't know he was in cards. But yeah, so Peter McKinnon would be my favorite YouTube channel that uh, is not sports cards. Awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got $10,000 to invest in one player right now. Which one do you invest in? Well, I think I just, yeah, I would, I would obviously invest in Jordan because I'm a safe investor. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you have a card in mind? You just go with his rookie? I would just buy a bunch of his rookies, a couple of them, and be sitting on that and be good to go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. You get to be the CEO of any non-sports company. Which CEO? Which company is it? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, non-sports company. 
because I can't stand what they're doing with cameras, I'm going to have to say Sony. They're just failing me greatly. I've been dying to buy a new camera, and uh, they haven't released anything that is appropriate for what I do. So, Sony, how about that? Sony, Sony is. cameras. Okay. All right. I like it. Last question. I figure you know what your wife might listen to this, so we're going we're gonna to ask a question around your wife. What's your favorite surprise thing to do for your wife? Ooh, surprise thing to do for my wife. That's a tough one because uh, we don't do anything that we aren't together. So surprising each other is virtually impossible. <laughs> so like, yes, we go to work and then we go home. And then we're just together the whole time. The weekends, we're together the entire time. We don't spend pretty much any time away from each other. Uh, so I'm going to be really boring here and say there there is really no surprises that I can give that because we just do absolutely everything together. Okay. I mean, I mean that's awesome. We break, that's awesome. We break cards together. That's true. I mean – our fantasy league is together. We're watching football every Sunday. We just sit on the sofa and watch football all day together. I mean, that's just, we just do everything, you know? So, yeah, I got nothing for you. These right. are really boring rapid fire questions. Gosh, okay. Well, I got to ask another one then. Yeah, I have a lo- large pool of these, by the way. <laughs> 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 I think this is what I do in my spare time. I think, what random questions could I ask at the end of a show? Yeah. Yeah. Um, something hard. This is one I ask a lot of, but this is pretty relevant to you. If you could pick a player to be on one of your episodes, which player would you pick? I mean, can it, it be a coach or does it yeah, have to be a player? Yeah, that's like personality. It can be a coach. Any personality. Oh, dude, John Gruden all day. Oh my gosh, it'd be so. Oh, he's oh, so local. Would now, right? that be so entertaining? John Gruden sitting next to you, telling you something about every single player and how he loves that guy. Oh yeah, that's just. Oh, dude, you got, you've got to make day. this happen. That would be so fantastic. If I had to pick a player, it would be Peyton Manning. I don't know if you've been watching any of his little TV shows that he's been doing. I've been watching his commercials. Like his uh, – Okay. What, what is that? I forget. Is it – not Prudential. Whatever commercials you're doing. It's yeah, awesome. whatever. Yep. Insurance company. Yep. Uh, but no, he's got like a TV show that he's doing on ESPN. Super entertaining dude. Like I, I, if I had to pick a player, I'd probably go with Peyton Manning, another guy that could tell you stories about everything. No kidding. So yeah, Gruden and Peyton Manning. There you go. I, I, I feel like Gruden's possible for you. <laughs> I feel like we can make that yeah, happen. You know, because the Raiders are coming to Vegas. Yeah, you know? right? Yeah, he'd be right here all year long. Let's do that. All we have to Gruden you, would be just fantastic. I add Gruden that. as a tag in every one of your videos for the next year. There you go. He I just, just has calling choice. out John Gruden, John Gruden, John Gruden, John. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, awesome. Well, JD. Have an incredible Labor Day weekend. Thanks for giving me an hour of your time. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show. I hope we get to do it again sometime. Awesome. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Well, there you have it. Episode 70. That was fun. I hope you got so many good little nuggets for your own use. Um, Go to the show notes. Click the link to get the TubeBuddy. Um, and as always, go to BreakYourCulture.com. Check out all the new stuff. Go subscribe to, to what uh, you know, JD's doing. And, and definitely go subscribe to what we're doing at Breaker Culture on the YouTube side as well. Have a great week. We'll catch you on episode 71 here in a few days.